You're listening to Grace Geltman and Weld on the Hammer Factor. Take it away, boys. Okay. I got it all. All right, welcome to Hammer Factor 33. Wait, wait, season two, episode one. Okay, I'm doing yeah. my math correctly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, welcome to season two, episode one of the Hammer Factor. <laughs> and just so you know, if you haven't went to hammerfactor.com and checked out the show notes, we have the best show notes in the business. I have to edit these down a little bit, but... <laughs> Thank you. They, they, they can't quite make the airwaves, but they get pretty close. And even if a half of this makes makes the website it's it's well worth it um well you get to see what what you see what we plan to put on the show and actually makes it because yeah. there's quite often two different things yeah 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 we uh we sometimes aim for a little bit more than we can actually bite off um, yeah, that's going to be true today because we have a packed show yeah, this is this is gonna be we're gonna do two hours today i think that's, yeah, that's what i'm this thinking this is gonna be a long show um the director's cut Set your cruise control and hang on. We got Evan Garcia, Rush Sturgis, and Jeff Calhoun all packed into this show. We're going to talk about Jessica Fox's run in the K1 Worlds. We're going to talk about Noria taking it home again at the sick line. We have some sick line talk in there. Uh, we're going to get into the East Coast Racing Series. We'll start off with some stuff about Great Falls, which happened a good bit ago. and We've been trying to make it on the show, but we haven't been able to. King of New York is going on right now. That leads into Russell Fork Race and then, of course, the Green Race. But without further ado, I would like to introduce the, song, the Sean Hannity of the Hammer Factor, uh, co-owner of Immersion Research and Whitewater Le- Legend. <laughs> Everybody put your hands together for Mr. John Weld. <laughs> Sean Hannity. You know, whatever. I was just fingers right. crossed it wasn't going to be me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course... Poker Maverick, policy director for the Outdoor Alliance. Sign up on the newsletter, outdooralliance.org, North Fork champion, and our man on the inside. Welcome back from your policy hearings um, in Washington, Lewis. Lead us off. Thanks, boys. Um, yeah, I had a nice week and a half in D.C., uh, last week, I feel like it's been kind of a whirlwind of work travel, but, uh, yeah, with this bill that we've been working on for some years now, finally got a hearing, uh, in the house natural resources committee last week. And I got to testify, uh, at that hearing, which is my first time doing that. And, uh, that was pretty cool. So who's, who's on this committee? Um, like you want names or what, what do I you want names? I want names, social security numbers. All the details. Uh, so the, the chair of the committee is Tom McClintock from California, uh, mm-hmm. Republican. Or the chair of the subcommittee, the ranking member is Colleen Hanabusa from Hawaii. Um, who else? When you say ranking, that means the, per- the highest person in the minority party. Exactly. Okay. Um, so yeah, one kid. Got some good questions. The other witnesses, one of the guys, the guy, uh, Kevin Heiner, who is there testifying for the Southwest Conservation Corps, who's also a paddler and, you know, somebody who I don't think I'd met before, but had a ton of friends in common with and, I don't know, another so, shit runner. So that was pretty cool. So what's this committee do? I mean, what's what's their purpose? Yeah, why are you it's the, 
House Natural Resources Subcommittee on Federal Lands. So they just sort of process legislation related to public lands. Um, why am I there? I got invited by to be the Democrats' witness speaking on behalf of this bill. Um, yeah, it was good. Kind of got into it with them on a couple things, but mostly pretty smooth sailing, mostly good support for the bill. I feel like the, the tenor of the conversation was a little bit like kicking the land management agencies for not doing enough to sort of streamline recreation access or whatever. And I, that seems sort of unnecessary to me, but I guess that's where a lot of Republicans find their political bread is buttered. Oh. Um, so yeah, well, well. Do I mean, you feel you make it? You make an impact. I mean, I kind of feel like you're probably preaching to the choir of the Democrats, where the Republicans are like, "Well, we're going to go through this and listen to what he has to say," but at the end of the day, it doesn't really make a difference. Yeah, I mean, I think that they, there's interest there in doing something bipartisan, and I, I think we definitely have a role to play because the Republican sponsor of this bill in the House, uh, Rob Bishop, is somebody who's not been good on our issues, and so I think that there is definitely some reluctance from Democrats to working with him, and for you know, a group like ours for us to be there and be saying, you know, like we understand your trepidation about something coming from Rob Bishop, but you know, substantively, this is a good bill. I think that's, that's important. Did you feel any really tough questions? Yeah. Let's hear about the, let's hear about the uh, hardest moment. Like the most, uh, when you were, it's it's hard to, it's hard to, a real gotcha. It's hard hard to explain this in a way that doesn't get like really wonky and in the weeds in a hurry, but there's a one piece of this bill that's about um, basically the fees that developed ski resorts pay for using public lands and how those fees get spent. And I've outdoor alliance is, you know, we're currently at a bit of cross purposes with the national ski areas association. And so that there was some, a little back and forth on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Do you have to like good cop, bad cop them, or how do you? <laughs> <laughs> do you think I was trying to see if you got a thirty second version of that and not feel like seven Well, we got absolutely zero value out of that. But are we too inside baseball here on the Hammer Factor? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, if I were to read the show notes here, I picture you saying like you know. You know, someone saying you can't handle the truth and you screaming, <laughs> That's what you let the truth, you know, that kind of thing. No? I mean, is there fire and brimstone or you just like kind of talk the way you do on the hammer factor? Uh, much more hammer factor than fire and brimstone. Hmm. Maybe next time. Sorry. <laughs> well, um, all right, let's move down. <laughs> I got my sack. <laughs> moving on. I'm moving on. <laughs> There's really nothing. I mean, you went to, to. We're not getting anything out of this, Lewis. If you want to give us some dirt, I'm all about it. But if it's all cryptic, I, I got to move on. <laughs> Let's talk about kayaking. All right. <laughs> so, according to our show notes here, which you got to check out, I'm eating Salisbury steak, mashed potatoes, mixed vegetables, and cherry cobbler, <laughs> which which is hilarious, but. But next item of business we have in here is Jessica Fox lays down what might be considered the perfect run in the women's K-1 worlds, rebounding from a less than perfect women's C-1 run the day before. Ian Vince Stoutmeister, 
<clears throat> is now so deeply in love with Miss Fox, with Miss Fox, he can barely stand up. The run is very much worth the watch if U.S. whitewater whitewater paddlers want to see exactly how not to catch an eddy like an American. So, did I you see, see? Did you guys? Did you guys see the footage? I did not see it. Can someone tell me about well, it? Kara made my two kids watch it. Uh, that was like prime time TV for them to watch Jessica Fox's run. And then when I came home from work, they were jumping around the house screaming about it. Did you see it, <laughs> Geltman? I did see it. Yeah. I mean, what did you think? You have, a, you have a more critical eye than I do. I think it looked great. I mean, and the men's run, I mean, obviously the men's run, you know, the winning men's run was phenomenal as well. There's a little more controversy there. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was epic. I don't know how you can do any better than that. Or yeah. I, don't, I don't maybe know what else to say about it besides that it's like it's a perfect run, you know? Right. Did any other uh, girls get close? What was the margin of victory there in the in the she world? She won by four and a half seconds, I think. Oh, which wow. is that's a huge amount, of course. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Oh wow. I mean, it was. I mean, I don't know. It looked pretty flawless to me. Yeah, I mean, it was. She is sick. Yeah, I think in her C one run, she was six. I think is that right? The day before, in, in C one, something like that. Something like that. C run. I mean, she's definitely hands down the best women C one paddler too. I think, but yeah, she, did, that was she didn't. One. She didn't put it together. Well, we need to put the link in the show notes so people can see this. Um, and the men's run's phenomenal as well. I think it was the, the Czech guy who who clinched it, right? But there was a penalty for the guy in front of him. Yeah. Uh, Kowser would have won by a second and a half or more, but they gave him a touch that was, like, impossible to see. I thought Kowser's run was much more impressive. I thought the men's race was a little lackluster compared to Jessica Fox's run. I thought but so, too. I'm, That's I'm why not I mentioned close. it. Now, why do you say that? Uh, well, I mean, Kowser could have won by two seconds if he hadn't had this imperceptible touch. So, I mean, it wasn't, gotcha. you know, the guys who won, it just wasn't, uh, I don't know. It just didn't seem like, it seemed like there was room to go faster. I don't know if you could have said that about, like when you watch Jessica Fox's run, you're not like, she could have gone faster than that. And when you watch the men's kayaks, you're like, yeah, I think this guy's left a little something out there. Interesting. Hmm. We'll we'll definitely round up those links and put them in the show notes. Um, another, I mean, I I feel like at these at this point these guys are doing, I mean, this is maybe stating the obvious, but doing almost a different sport. The level of technique and and things they're doing out there is like a different thing than what we're doing out of the river. You know, I mean, it looks familiar. Like I can understand what they're doing, and it looks familiar, but it's a different universe Man, of skill. I, I gotta check that out. I haven't seen any of that. When you say Gelman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just, I, it, I'd say, too, like, looking at it now, it's, like, very striking to me how lame the whitewater looks, I have to say. Oh, and of course. Yeah, I mean, like, this level of skill this guy's have is, you know, unbelievably high, but it just would have been nice to, it would be nice to see the sport progress in terms of the difficulty of whitewater and not just in terms of how fast people are going. I mean, I know that this, courses are getting tighter and it's incredibly difficult and like i have the utmost respect for all of it but you know i i think i watched the whole men's kayak final and i watched jessica fox's run but that was about it i mean well luckily there's an answer because we have the sick line world championships which is well, the answer to your dreams and your every wishes yeah no, so it, i i'll just save this for the rant section that i feel precisely the opposite well, well, let's don't give away your rant, but let's move into that. Noria takes 
takes away, takes the gold at the sick line race by, I think, four or five seconds, uh, a big margin as well. Um, so, and out of, it looks like out of the results here, we had two men made the top 16. Two, two U.S. men made the top 16. And, and no American women made the top and, five. I don't know why they, 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 did, they had an odd ranking system for the finals and stuff. What but. was the highest ranking American woman? Do, do, do you know? That's a good question. I don't have those results in front of me, but the question begs, are Europeans just better kayakers or are they better at racing? Or is it just because the event is in Europe and there's not, there's not much depth of field there? I mean, I think there's a huge depth of field there. And I think the course, it seems like it's just so easy that it's, you know, the times are incredibly tight. You know, the top 10 in men's kayak was like less than two seconds, I think, or two seconds. Mm-hmm. And it's... I mean, it's essentially a class four rapid, too. I mean, I, I wouldn't call it much more than that. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. Is it's just like it's... I mean, there's so many fast people there. The course is pretty easy. The racing is just... It's going to be incredibly tight by the nature of it. And you have, you know, a lot of people who are some of the best slalom racers in the world, you know? I mean, uh, Alex Grimm, the you know, former Olympic gold medalist, was third. I was impressed that Andy Ohl got second, second, top three again. That's pretty. With no racing background. I mean, Sam Sutton's a slalom racer. I don't think so. No? Why mm-hmm. do I think he is? I mean, he looked like a slalom racer on the course. They, they Dory is definitely racer. a slalom racer. I don't know. I just, the, it was a flat water crush to like a class three move, flat water crush to a class three move. Um, big props to all the athletes out there racing. There was the old, um, the old controversy about the party brat not being uh, allowed in the race kind of popped back up. There was, a, I guess, a questionnaire that was put out to all the racers whether or not they could use composite boats or they wanted composite boats in the future. Someone posted this picture. I'm not sure exactly where it came from. Pat put it online, and kind of, I guess, his consensus was they're thinking about allowing composite boats now but won't the party brat... I don't know. What do you guys? Think? I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on that? That little. See, I, I, I'm giving up on saving anything I have to say about this for the rant section because I feel like we're fully into it now. But well, you're boiling I mean, over. To me, it's like it's like <laughs> what they've done is taken creek racing and then just adopted all of the worst elements of slalom racing, which is that it's on you know it's like the same course over and over again, which drives me nuts because you can't call it the world championship if it is on the same play rapid over and over and over again. The world championship branding of it to me is just like infuriating. I mean, it was just, as far as I can tell, it's just some random guys decided to call their event, the world championships. I mean, you guys can call the green race, the world championships and have a just as good a claim on it as those guys could. I mean, it's just silly and it's obnoxious. Well, we do but, have like, the world championship of attaining in a high every year. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, it's like, They've adopted, you know, it's like all the stupid equipment restrictions, all the arbitrary rules, all of the like pointless controversy. It's on needlessly easy white water. It's just like a giant corporate branding event. I, I, just the whole thing rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, the level of paddling is, is really high and those guys are sick, but I'm the event. I just, I don't know. All right. So let's, let's talk about, let's compare the sick line to the North Fork championship. And what part of it? Well, I'm just saying, how does North Fork Championship 
I'm, I'm guessing you think it's a better event. Well, I mean, I've never been to Sickline, so and I don't want to like. I mean, obviously, the depth of field at Sickline is unsurpassed, but I mean, I kind of think my thoughts on this are the thing with the party wrap, whatever. It's the rules. Some guy made the rules. The race is the rules. It could be a bummer, but it's the same rules for everybody. You know, I'm not sure that that's going to be the boat that's going to walk away with the gold there. But my thing is like how it's incredibly overproduced. Like the whole production is just so over the top. It kind of, I don't know. It just, I, I think that's where the, uh, like you're talking about, it annoys you with it being called world championship and all that is that they've produced this thing like so over the top that you, I don't know. It's, that it's not a race of event. Yeah. It's, it's the same way I feel about that, that race in veil. Although no. the race in veil is even more infuriating because that one is, just like awful white water. Yeah, but there's only like 30 people who show up for that one. I think sick line is certainly worthy That's... of our discussion. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I should stop hating on it. I don't, but yeah. we could have like the Nike Galaxy Championships on <laughs> the green. <laughs> Anyway, I think, you know, big props to the racers, it looks like, uh, you know, but I don't know, man. It just seems a little overproduced. That's all I got to say about that one. Now, should we move on to our first special guest, Mr. Calhoun? Here we go. And and let let me go ahead and say here that it's 6 p.m., 6.30 now on the East Coast here. I'm just about one beer deep, so if this show falls off the rails... You know why. Jeff's probably been awake for several hours now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's see if we can add people to this call. All right. Jeff Calhoun. Jeff Calhoun is the, um, for at least a few, few years now, the organizer of the Great Falls Race. How many years has Jeff been organizing that event? Do you guys know? A few. I don't know. He sounds about right. And I believe yeah. that, Mr. Weld, you have a bit of a history with that event. I think, Andy, if I'm not mistaken, Andy Bridge and I from Valley Mill, Andy Bridge from Valley Mill Boats, we started that race in the late 80s. And when we first did it, we had six people or six or seven people race. I made the t-shirts in my basement. I hand cut the silkscreen. And uh, I still screened myself in the basement, and I spelled invitational wrong. It was the first <laughs> invitational Great Falls race, and I spelled. And I was I was dating Kara at the time, and she came over, and I was so proud, and she was like, "You idiot, you spelled invitational wrong," and I was crushed. But I'll tell you. They're black shirts with a white silkscreen on it. If you could find those, like on eBay, they're probably worth tens of thousands of dollars. Oh, I'd buy one of those. Is Jeff, are you? Can you hear us? Can you hear? Us? Yeah. yeah. Hang on, I'm double. Wow, 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 wow. Calling in international. Well, I had a like the got the guts tank top from one of the early years of the Great Falls Race. You remember that? That that was my prized possession, circa (laughs) sixth grade. That's so out of your character to uh, to to misspell invitational. Well, oh, I spelled it wickedly wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, this is before the days of spell check and all these fancy tools we have nowadays. Simpler times. 
Jeff, have you pulled it together over there? Yeah, can you see me? Ah, I can't see you. Uh, you may have your little, uh, there's a little button you got to click there at the bottom to enable uh, video, but you sound good. So, uh, oh, there he is. All right, yeah. Sorry, I'm just figuring out. This is, uh, this is new to me. That's uh, all good. Welcome to the Hammer Factor, Jeff. Ah, uh, dude, thanks. I'm stoked to be on. Um, your persistence has paid off. <laughs> I want to yeah, say for the record about pretty much everything you guys talk about if you want to get on the hammer factor faster the trick is to give to send grace a sweatshirt oh <laughs> and then suddenly it's the most well, important thing is happening have you guys been the smallest year. of the walls race <laughs> I have a sweatshirt from the upstream race because uh, if you're interested in it Ooh, send that my way we'll talk about it every show <laughs> <laughs> Little does he know. Um, well, Jeff is the organizer. Uh, we introduced you, Jeff. You're um, you've been a racer, kayaker, traveler for many, many years, and you have been organizing the Great Falls race for at least the past how many years? Have you been organizing that race? And tell us a little bit about the event. Yeah, thanks. Um, the I kind of drifted into organizing this race. Uh, obviously, been a competitor pretty much since I could. Um, the race kind of changes every year because historically it's been a bunch of outfitters who are putting it on, um, and you know, the ups and downs of, of certain people being involved. It's all, it's been kind of a struggle sometimes getting the outfitters to cooperate. Um, and so what we've done lately is me and, uh, a couple of the guys in the area have started a nonprofit. And we now run the race and kind of use it as a platform for the outfitters to, uh, not, not just the race, but Potomac Festival, Potomac River Festival. And we try to bring all the outfitters in kind of on an even level uh, to kind of bring some fairness and smooth out like the, you know, politics of the past and all that. So what, you got so, one store being like, oh, I hate that race. They're sponsoring it. And the other store is like, no, oh, I don't want to get those dirt bags. So now everybody's just happy. Yeah, um, we're getting there. You know, it's. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to set the scene here. I'm trying to negative about it, but know. like, you know, yeah, one outfitter maybe doesn't want to be involved because it's another outfitters event or whatever. Right. Uh, so yeah, now we have the Great Falls Foundation, uh, which, uh, if you've ever created a nonprofit before, it's it's not as easy as it sounds. Um, but uh, I think it gives us a platform. Our mission basically is to promote whitewater events, whitewater races, and support grassroots events wherever they are. And one of the great things about our sport is that we have to adapt the event to the resource. Uh, each river kind of has its own, um, you know, the river is what it is and you can't change it. And so you, you have to find the best way to have an event on that river and each of us, you know, that, that that has our own events, you know, have had to do that. So, so tell our listeners what 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 is special about the Great Falls race, and a little bit about the course itself, if they don't know. Yeah. So, if you've ever been to Great Falls, um, you understand. But for those who haven't, it's um, it's like an African-sized rapid uh, in the middle of uh, suburban Maryland, Virginia, and. The river's just flowing along pleasantly and flat, and then all of a sudden, 
you know, the mist rises and it drops into these deep cracks in the earth. And there's uh, like a geologic fault or something going on there where you have layers that are pressed together uh, kind of on their sides. And so the river's eroding between these layers of rock and creating these deep cracks, tall cliffs and waterfalls up to 20-ish feet high. And the river goes from like a quarter mile wide to really narrow. And so you have six or seven different channels uh, that, that have different ideal flow ranges and different characteristics. So it's kind of got a, a little bit of big water, a little bit of creaking. It's, it's a really unique, short, uh, rapid. It's, you know, it only drops about 50 feet, but um, it, it, it's a different paddling experience than most of your East Coast creaking. So our race has always been, uh, you know, it's one of the oldest class five races in existence. It started in 1988. I can't think of any other class five races that have been going on that long, maybe Gore Canyon. Um, but uh, it's, it's historically been between 45 seconds and 110 seconds for winning times. So it's a sprint race. It's uh, rewards kind of a... Um, you know, historically, the winners have been slalom racers, uh, sprinters, you know, real, it's a real athletic kayak event where you have to uh, paddle really, really fast and have perfect lines and just crush it. So um, tell me about the, t you were telling me some things you had about some timing and some kind of special things that you're, I was looking through your spreadsheet there just a little bit ago. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, so um, the, the, the way the race is set up historically, it's changed over the years, but it's a downriver race. Um, you know, start to finish, basically set the course. These are the parameters. You know, the water levels change whether we race uh, Maryland, Virginia, center lines, fish ladder, back canyon, uh, bridge channel, whatever it may be. And we have kind of a chart uh, that is it's, it's made by me, but it's a reflection of what the paddlers do what what we all consider to be kind of the flow ranges for each for each race and uh and that changes you know year to year the race essentially uh has just happened you know just you know it's 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 a down of a race it's a sprint but uh we want to figure out ways to uh make it a little more interesting sometimes sometimes we cut out certain rapids and uh lately we've been adding slalom gates and kind of a separate slalom event to highlight the really cool features out there and some of the lines that you wouldn't get to run uh if you weren't you know doing a downer for race um and i i'm just trying to make it a really cool event you know and and for a race that's only a minute long to try and make it really dramatic and uh and exciting and and <clears throat> get people to have fun and want to come back and participate year after year can anyone enter or is there a, is it an invitational type thing uh no it's um we reserve the right to prevent anyone from uh from competing and uh you know lewis if you want to chime in on uh, <laughs> these details that i'm forgetting please uh please don't hesitate um, it's a class five race and it's a, and it's a very serious race. Um, I'm sure a lot of people know a few years ago, we had a fatality, uh, in practice a couple days before the race and, um, we canceled the race that year, but, uh, we raced on the center lines again the next year and it's, it's real out there. You know, it's, it's, um, yeah, I've run it a thousand times and, and, and so I'm, 
it's hard for me to really uh, keep fresh in my mind, like how, you know, what's what's fair and what and and where what we should do with our race sometimes. But um, so I have to kind of rely on where the competitors are at and take the race where the competitors are at. And this year we had high water or not really high water. We had a spike in the water level of the day before the race. And we ended up racing Virginia at three, four, which is on the pushy side. Um, but we had about 40 competitors, a couple dropped out. Um, but pretty much no one so much as missed a roll and never, you know, they, they canceled the race 20 years ago, uh, when it was, when it was that level. And I think that just kind of shows where the paddlers are out this, these days, um, you know, the real solid skill, uh, that it takes to run that rapid and that all of our, pretty much our, our racing community, you know, is, is really a bunch of badasses. If I'm not mistaken, Ian Van Stoutmeister swam this year. Ooh, let's hear about that. Oh, he must've uh, missed his role. <laughs> not in the race, not in the race. No, Ian uh, and Wyatt both did really well in the race. Wyatt got third. Um, they had a practice run where they both like forgot how to run the spout or something. And they both pitoned, I think, uh, or Ian, like, yeah, Ian like bounced off the shelf and bounced back in the hole and swam. Um, this is like cucumber fall scenario. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so no, no so you're talking about the lines like through grace under pressure and below there, right? Joe? No, we raced Virginia. Spout. Ah, okay. Uh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably similar to level than when you when you were here, Grace. Though fairly similar. Okay. Um, yeah. So you know, in the years past, like where Wade Harrison has come up four years in a row now, and he's raced on four different sections of river: oh, uh, Fish Ladder, Maryland, Virginia Center, and you know, the you guys ever raced? You guys ever raced the Flood Channel? We haven't yet. No. <laughs> um, Lewis, care to tell us a story though? Uh, I've never really had any bad times at the Flood Channel, but I've only run it. Once or twice, I had the first set on that. Your, did you? your uh, Schlatter race a few like twenty years ago or so. You were telling me the other day. Oh yeah, there was this one year where we raced during the Potomac Festival. We raced the fish ladder at like it was really high, like five and a half or something like that. And uh, I was in a laser, and I back entered in the the hole at the bottom of the third slide, and kind of did a screw up, just just downstream of the bitch monkey. Up. Oh, the bitch monkey. I think it was just down. Just going over it, right? Uh, wait, what? Never mind. You you yeah. were, stayed in the fish ladder channel. You didn't. I stayed in the fish ladder channel, but there was yeah. there was this awesome video that somebody had taken from the Overlook Bridge with this woman just screaming like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think of the Great Falls. Like the time I was up there, there was a lot of spectator presence. Like, yeah, it's it's you really got to. Um, expect some very basic questions. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great, it's cool there because you're interacting with, uh, people who, uh, you know, it's not like the green, green river game lands, you know, it, you're interacting with people who are just out for a stroll with their kids and are not really expecting to see, uh, you know, crazy world-class athletes, um, you know, doing funny been- stuff like that. I would like to get for a lot of years that we need to have some like interpretive signage up there on the overlook. Like, 
like, like during your stay, you made, you made all nine one one. Yeah, like you made counter kayakers. <laughs> kayakers are a naturally occurring part of the Great Wall. Like, don't feed the kayakers. Yeah, don't ta- don't taunt them. the kayakers. <laughs> <laughs> kayakers can turn aggressive at a moment's notice. <laughs> Do not yeah. leave your food unattended. <laughs> Do not roll down your windows for the kayakers. <laughs> Jeff, where can people find out more about the Great Falls Race? Sorry, say again? Where can people find out more about the Great Falls Race? Uh, so it's potomacfestival.org. Um, we're we're kind of rebuilding our website, but, um, you know, hopefully it will be a little bit better next year. Uh, we're also launching greatfallsfoundation.org at some point. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're still oh, – sorry, I'm getting dark in here. We're still in the uh, – the building process but the what i think is really cool about what we're doing lately is the uh the slalom event and we're just kind of changing uh <laughs> sorry this is throwing me off dude jeff's giving us a little walking tour of his house <laughs> <It's good. laughs> it looks like the power company shut off your power <laughs> it looks like you're in like a school classroom or something Looks like the teacher should be behind you. Like, <laughs> where um, are you? Anyway, we have a different slalom course. Are you coaching somebody's internet somewhere? Or something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. You're good. You're good. Um. <laughs> so you're adding the slalom to the event, which is super cool. It gives people more runs, right. especially on a short course if they drive all the yeah. way up there. Exactly. We want, you know, it's a short race. You want, we want it to make it worthwhile. So now we have two races. We have a downriver and a slalom. Uh, the downriver base, the way it works is everyone goes and we'll take the top, top 10 and have them run again because with a race that short where you have to be that perfect, um, you know, I think you want to see people try and hit their lines and, you know, do the best they can and then take the people who, who can clearly, you know, kill it and just have it all out. And, and every year, like in the finals, people are dropping their times. Uh, and I think kind of having a format similar to that of like motocross or some other skiing, you know, some other sports where you have multiple rounds and you kind of trim the field and you kind of have to save your best stuff for last a little bit. With the slalom, I just wanted to add some different moves in there and kind of highlight the maneuvering advantage of the nine foot kayak. Um, the nine foot kayak, you know, is where we're at right now um, as far as boat design, but the races like the Great Falls race, the green race, these are, you know, 12 foot kayak races. You know, you want to go fat, you want to be going as fast as you can and still be able to paddle class five. But so we want to find a way, because we used to have a short boat class, a long boat class, and we want to kind of get away from that. It's like you race, the down of a race, you race the kayak that you want to race to go fast. But in the slalom, you know, we want to highlight kind of the abilities of the whitewater kayak and kind of take the race in a different direction. And, you know, the North Fork Championship is a big inspiration. And John Grace, your giant slalom series in 2008 was a big, a big inspiration for me, too. Uh, you know, going out to, to Boulder Sluice and some of those places. Uh, on the little white and hanging gates. And I think that's, you know, it took a while for, for other people to kind of pick it up, but I think that's, I'm really passionate about that as far as, uh, you know, whitewater racing and bringing. That was so fun. That. that was a big day out there. That was when it all changed. Yeah. <laughs> so Jeff, who won? Who Give me some top finishers. The Stoutmeister, it sounds like he did good. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's there. Uh, Wyatt got third. Um, Aaron Mann was second again. Uh, I've won now three years in a row. Whoa. Uh, I'm, you know, it's it's kind of weird to win your own race. Um, oh, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I need some tips on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my involvement you know, on running the race is kind of more important to me now. And obviously like I've dreamed about winning this race since I was a little kid, but, um, really passionate about being a part of organizing it and hanging the gates and all, as far as the racing part, I think I just, I've always, uh, you know, like I said, you gotta be explosive and, uh, you know, I've run it a lot, so I have a little bit of an advantage, but, um, on the slalom race, uh, Jason Beeks won, uh, Josh Collins from Fayetteville got second. And I think Brian Kirk was third. Brian Kirk, uh, dude, he's so good, man. <laughs> he's, so, he's, he's the only one who's in, like, both both races, like, every year. For 60, Brian Kirk looks great. He's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> he's found the fountain of youth, evidently. So, long story short, get to Great Falls Race. You're evolving it. It's just getting better. Um, be sure to put this race on your calendar. Jeff is a super passionate kayaker and racer, and I am definitely going to make my way up there again as soon as things settle down around my household. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, I think um, we're we've moved the timing of our race a little bit, but we're settling in kind of to uh, mid-August. It's kind of a dead zone as far as other events, and we want to kind of have the uh, you know that midsummer low water uh, time frame. Hopefully, it's not too hot. Um, so should be, you know, just before Labor Day, a little bit around, around that time. Now, real quick, Jeff, we got a lot that we're getting ready to pack into the show here, but real quick. So are you racing King of New York and give me an update on that series in a, in, in a two minute yeah. nutshell. Um, I'm the King of New York from last year. Yes, I, you are. Out, Look at you. Yeah. You're running your own race. You're the King of New York. I am. For, for a <laughs> time. Um, I pulled it out with the wave hopper last year at the Moose Fest. Um, but, uh, I did not have a good raquette race this year. Um, Pat Keller won both races. Uh, so it's pretty much him against Wyatt, uh, and Emmerich Blanchette for, for this year. Um, I'm going to try and go up to Moose Fest and see if I can, can hang, but, uh, but yeah, I'm out of it for this year, but uh, I think that's going down next weekend. Uh, King of New York has been one of my favorite races to attend the last five years or so. It's a lot of driving, but, uh. The Labor Day Beaver Fest uh, is just such an awesome, awesome good time. Kenny Unser has set it up so that we're, you know, we're all hanging out at this chill field, you know, with lake access right at the Taylorville put-in. We've got so many cool sections around there, uh, so I highly recommend it for those who haven't been. Well, very good. Well, boys, do you have anything else for Jeff before we move on down the show? I would love to respond to a couple things you guys talked about. <laughs> Here we go. All right, all right, all right. All right you, got, you, you literally have got 180 seconds. All right. So <laughs> just give me the paddle length, give us the offset, SUP, yes or no, and then move on. <laughs> um, so you guys are talking about the rating system. And my opinion is that you need to start using class six when it's warranted. Class six does not mean unrunnable, and that's the way the Europeans use it. There's a lot of class six, you know, being run out there, and I think you just need, you know, that would help to 
give people an idea. And I think the lower golly, by the way, is not class five. Also, you guys had uh, Dr. Brent Weasel on a couple weeks, you know, months ago. And I feel like one thing that was kind of left out of that discussion was that you can come back from shoulder surgery and be better than ever. Um, I didn't even become a pro paddler until I'd already had a shoulder surgery. And it's been so good for me. Obviously, I had to go through a lot of physical therapy, but, um, you know, I've had two surgeries on the same shoulder and that's my good shoulder now. And it's, it's been really great for me. So, you know, just felt like the, the thing about the shoulder was, was don't do it, you know, like, I mean, yeah, I don't think we, I hope we didn't give that impression to people because I, there definitely is a, a big place for it. Yeah. You got a good doctor, you got a good physical therapist, you're going to come back. Just don't rush it. A lot of military presses and <laughs> got to put in the hours. Dude, I've been preaching military presses to people for like a decade. Like, like, Absolutely not. There's no telling how many shoulders I've torn up. All right. Well, thanks for Just coming go. on the Hammer Factor, Jeff. So when do you come down to Asheville? Yeah. What's your uh, green race schedule oh, looking like? Yeah. Um, I'll, I don't know if I'll be able to squeeze in a weekend or, or anything. I think it's just going to be Russell Forth race uh, back home for a couple days, and then I'll get down there like Thursday before the race. So that's really not ideal, but, uh, but I, I know where I'm going. I'll bring it. Well, I'll see you at the Russell Fork Race, and levels are perfect down here, so practice will be nothing but fun. Awesome. All right, Thank you, Jeff. guys. Thanks, Thanks Dave. Take care. All right. Now, are we going into our next celebrity guest? Let's go. we got to keep things moving. Let's we got to keep things moving. Who's next? We're, we're rocking it. Uh, we Mr. Uh, Evan Garcia, right? Oh, let's get him out. Is that right? See if we can get Evan on the line here. And like, what are we going to, what is Evan going to clear up for us, Mr. Weld? All right, let me just handle this, okay? <laughs> just let me handle this. All right, you're on. Here we go. Evan Garcia really needs no introduction, I would say. Um, I mean, you know, how do you, how do you introduce Evan Garcia, you know? Hello. Oh, looky there. Here we have Evan Garcia. Welcome to the Hammer Factor again, Evan. Honored to be here. Yep. Sorry to uh, keep you hanging there. We got into a uh, little bit longer than anticipated discussion with Jeff Calhoun. So. Oh, Very passionate, oh, passionate oh, okay. guy. All right, Evan, first question. Yes. What kind of last name is Garcia? <laughs> it is Spanish. Mm. It is Spanish. Um, and whenever I go to my beloved Latin countries, they do call me the whitest Garcia in the world. <laughs> well, pressure's on, my friend. This country. Now, especially now with Donnie Trump. <laughs> getting evicted. You have your papers in order? <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So here's where this begins. This begins when with a rant about holding your hands too close together, right? Because Kara was judging up Yacht Race, and she came home and she said, "Everyone, not everyone, but many people hold their hands way too close together." And so, if you know me, you know I'm basically one continuing hammer factor <clears throat> episode in real life. <laughs> and so I'm calling Max Blackburn, and I'm bitching about Max Blackburn super rep of the Pacific Northwest. 
Yep. Uh, I'm calling him and I'm bitching about people holding their hands too close together. And he says, he says, well, I know who started this. He said, Evan Garcia started this. It's so he can lay treats. <laughs> Which got me thinking, first of all, <laughs> is this true or not? I have to know if, if this is really the case or not, because this will be soul crushing for many young paddlers out there that this is happening. The second thing is laying treats. Where did this come from? Who started it? And then we're going on to all the other terms that are getting thrown on paddling. And who better okay. to judge than <laughs> So let's start with hands close together. Hands close together. Um, I think it's it's interesting because I, I definitely did not start paddling like that because I always paddled a bent shaft um, when I was growing up and all through my freestyle days. I actually didn't get um, into paddling straight shaft until I started to break so many of those damn AT paddles. And my little brother was like, here, take this. And I started, I was in Chile and I started running waterfalls with that thing. And it was like never broke. So I just made this, made the switch. And when I first started paddling with that like powerhouse, I definitely had a narrower grip because I never could with those bent shafts. So it felt like different and kind of cool to be able to have this narrow grip and that was uh, i think like 2009 in the winter going into 2010 and that did i mean i think i did have a pretty narrow grip for that year about for, for 2010 but after you know racing started to come up and uh my style just kind of i mean i definitely don't hold my hands tight anymore you know and um but was a there, lot of people did that you know was there ever an annual an association with being narrow grip to laying treats? No, not at all. <laughs> so Blackburn was wrong on every account. Okay, so we just we just <laughs> no, we just not. dispelled him well, here. Well, Blackburn, what he did not tell you is that laying treats was that that like saying. Mm. He basically brought it to me, you know. So we were uh, raft guiding here on the White Salmon River. I think this would have been, this is summer of 2008, and we were doing what most raft guides do, sit in a stinky house and like smoke weed and watch YouTube videos. And we had this amazing, like our favorite YouTube video (laughs) this summer was this Tracy Morgan uh, video. And he was basically like this super hilarious, princed out black dude teaching this nerdy white guy how how to walk black. You know, and <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting this somewhere. This is where it came from. This is where it came from. And what what it was, it was he he's walking down in this mall, teaching this kid how to walk black, and he goes, "This one's the Bill Cosby," and he's got his hands like forward, back. He's like, "Yeah, lay some treats on him." We were sitting there all stoned off of our faces, and it was the funniest thing in the world. And we were sessioning the Little White every day that summer. We had great water. And that's basically what that, you know, it turned out. That, that certainly clears up a lot. That was That's some Hammer Factor gold right there. That's gold. Let's bring it way back. It was 10 years ago. We need to find this video for the show notes for sure. I'll, I'll send you guys a link to the video. I still watch it sometimes to bring back that passion. And so let's move on to the next kind of verbiage that's... Well, let's, 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 just, let's just talk about some terms right now, and we need to know whether we need to let them go or whether they still have some life to them. All right? All right. Oh, First God. of all, the 
plot. done? Are we, are we, are we going? I mean, I don't think that thing will ever be done, you know? I definitely, um, <laughs> I definitely haven't been browning as much as I used to. There was a, there was a phase there where it was quite excessive. Right. <laughs> Did you brown cloth somebody driving by with kayaks on their roof? Something I like don't. I wave these days. I wave, you know. But you know what? Honestly, that the brown claw was really like a good thing, especially in in my career. Was it just like allowed me to not take myself seriously? You know, it, that that's the damn shit. It's totally, you know, spawned that thing from Borat the movie, and uh, yeah, she just took off. It got a little viral there before viral was a word. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that thing's never gonna die. I think there's there's always gonna be people browning for, for the sake. Geltman, I'm sensing you might disagree about this. No, I'm I'm no? on board with the brown cloth still. Okay. As much as yeah, I, I, I I'm not saying, I still, I'm not saying I still that, you know. people on the road. Exactly, but <laughs> and I'm also, I'm also no no one to say what's hot and what's not. Oh, you know, I not, I disagree. Yeah, that's you don't <laughs> you may not want that that crown, but you you own it and. <laughs> <laughs> you better wear it with pride. Okay, moving along. Double church. Now, there's some intrigue here because, you know, the double church has been sort of co-opted by the alt-right. To some extent. <laughs> right? See, now we're, getting, now we're getting into some deep stuff that I don't even know anything about. I live in a bubble, man. Um, well, I think church is uh, totally still there. You know, you just asked Kyle Hull about that, which I actually think you guys really need to get the King of Hesh on this show. We He'll tried. He, really he, agreed. He, he couldn't get his uh, Skype up to par. We're, we're going to get him on. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give him my computer for an afternoon. You guys can rip one with him because that's going to be epic. <laughs> <laughs> so double but church, no, help think, us out. I don't know about the double church. You know, that's no. like, that's a little Where overboard. did you hear think. about the double church? Because this is the first I've heard of the double church. Well, there's a single church. <laughs> but church, double church. Church came to kayaking via Sam Fryhofer, right? Yep, totally. You, you want to tell that story? When was this? Yeah, what I mean, year was that? <laughs> well, I think, I don't actually know the, the true origin, but it definitely was from when Sam Fryhofer and Eric Johnson and uh, Griff were living. They're kind of actually the first young kids to move here to White Salmon. And really just like totally live in a rat's nest and, and kayak a little <laughs> every single day. I mean, their house was disgusting. It was impressive. But um, they lived it up, man. And they all got about 10 times better at kayaking in, in, the, in the winter. And I showed up. That was like, yeah, winter of 2011. I showed up here 2012 in the spring. And they were like, you know, these amazing kayakers. And that, it clicked right there. It was just like. I don't want to be in Montana anymore. I'm going to be here. I didn't even know people fucking kayaked in the winter, you know? It was like, <laughs> if you go to Chile, you're, you're dead to me, you know? <laughs> so that that's where church came from, you know? And uh, they really, they... What? Any, any questions? <laughs> I heard, I heard Morelli, Morelli created the double church. Like, he... I've never he heard about the double church. He was, he was in the lab with the double church for a little bit and finally released it sometime two years ago. The double church. Well, yeah. I, you know, I think it's time we can we can let that one go. We can keep yeah. it to just, just church. Yeah. That's, you know? that's jumping the shark on a good thing, I think. Yeah, totally. That's too much of a good thing. All right, so give us a heads up on terms we should be using. What about yeasting? Uh, I've never heard well, okay, of yeasting. We're gonna get to that. I no, need just to get to that. That's okay. my that's my uh, that's my close. 
Well, you know, I, um, <laughs> there's so many, like beater. Beater is a very, very popular term. And I think that, I don't rem- really remember who made that up, but Rush, you, he's coming on here in a second. Rush really was the one to, to push that into uh, popularity. So you can ask him about that one. But I love that word. Is and beater love- cross sport or is it just a kayaking thing? Um, I think like you're beater and skiing and stuff. I right? think it came from kayaking. I think it came from kayaking as well. I, I think, I think well, I think Rush made it up. Kayaking. Things end yeah. up in kayaking, but nothing comes from kayaking. Oh, that's yeah. nonsense. Well, well yeah, it's actually, those mountain church. bikers straight up copied the church. Uh, they were, they were, Local yeah, they were from Bavard, right, right yeah, here, totally, totally from Bavard. Yeah, they made this church video, and it was like, yeah, they were, they were all over BDP's dick on that one. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to do a whole show to bdp as well oh, I think yes, shit. they are amazing get kyle and get griff griff is just uh you know he's a plethora of knowledge and and interesting <laughs> insights into the, the deep underground of kayaking all right so we have beater we have beater and what else do we have what else i we, yeah i really tried for a couple years to get this thing going like loving her loving her strong <laughs> and uh, me and Pruitt, me and Will Pruitt, we're, we loved her quite strong for a few months. And, uh, made the appearance on a few. Dude, I'll get, traction. I'll get behind that one. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, man. Loving her strong is, is a good one. You, it's like you can be getting beat down, loving her strong. You can be <laughs> driving fast. You can, you know, whatever, you know. It's like Aloha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, goodbye. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to think, man. I think that's about it, you know. Really, kayaking has gone through. It's kind of like trends of the 90s, you know, for kids. Like like Pogs and Pokemon, you know, they get all huge. <laughs> and then they just kind of die. Right. But, well, um, that's what we need. We need to call some, you know, we need to call some of these terms from time to time. And that's when you come in. Because... Yeah. Uh, I mean, things come in and out of fashion. We know that. And, and I mean, you're I'm the one to decide. I'm for the younger generation to really step in and take my place. You know, we're we're, we're getting old now. The White Salmon crew is not, um, you know, not 21 anymore. Definitely. I don't know if you guys caught Rush's uh, Facebook um, status update yesterday. You got to ask him about that one, too. <laughs> let, me, let me put that on my notes for questions for Rush. Yeah, ask him about yesterday's Facebook update. It really sparked uh, some interest in getting old and, and vegan and all sorts. <clears throat> all right. Okay. So we got to talk about yeasted. I could have swore I was talking to the phone one day and you said you're getting yeasted in a whole. Uh, we're talking about skirts. Because this, this is a good one. Definitely false. This is beasted. This is 100% beasted. <laughs> That's so disappointing. That, <laughs> but I don't think you this realize yeast that has just started. Like yeast that is now yeah, a thing. Well, I mean, I got yeasted on the green on Saturday. You did where? Yeah, right below Gorilla. I got all yeasted up. Yeasted. It's corny. I knew. I had. If if that had, if that had been true that you had said that it would have been glorious because I was like no way yeasted I've never heard yeasted no beasted I think beasted's been around for a long time yeah. too that's yeah. that's definitely something that I didn't come up with that sucks hey all right I'm gonna go all right enough Sorry. with that Evan give us some uh, give us some walking news we got a gangsta that did good out at the 
Adidas race. Give me some. Give me some Waka. Fill our listeners so, on what's going yeah, on. Yeah, pretty sweet. I'm really stoked on those. Uh, I mean, Sam won, and Sam's pretty much off the couch at all times these days. He's running his raft company in Rotorua, and he's got three kids now. He doesn't really, you know, I went to New Zealand last fall and I think I kayaked with him maybe one day and it was just the race day at the Kaituna. So that's what's most impressive. Sam Sutton won the Adidas stick line totally freaking off the couch. He's such you know? a beast, dude. That guy's a beast. He's just a beast. Yeah, he's just, and he's got like the perfect mind to to compete. You know, like he cares, but at the same time, he just, he's a Kiwi. He just like doesn't give a fuck about anything you know so and then annual pulled it off again that's i mean no surprise dude the kid is just freaking legendary in his in his boat and that's sweet i mean they're probably the gangster and they're freaking hopefully showing people that it's just as fast as that jackson boat you know they made a huge deal about winning all the races in the nirvana they have you know all these public announcements and everything it's like woohoo good for you it's like yeah you paddle a fucking two by four down the river and win a race you're dane jackson dude you know (laughs) (laughs) so what is that's no no offense to those guys it's like just saying he's like he's the best you know it's like so what do you so so you got the gangsta you got the tuna what what's the lineup now what's the what we got two new boats coming out which are super cool and i'm really excited about them we have the og which is a remake of the original tuna. Um, everybody just kept asking and asking and asking. We want the tuna one, want the tuna one, which is sick because it is still my favorite boat that Walk has ever made. And so Kenny just sat down and just cracked out this new design. And it's, uh, yeah, just pretty much a little bit bigger version of that original tuna. And hopefully, I haven't paddled it yet, but I've heard really, really good things. And, uh, Hopefully it's going to nail it, and we're going to have a, a sick freaking boat to to run some whitewater in. And second design is the Stout, which, believe it or not, the Lamler family designed. They took it into their own hands and basically made a boat that they want to paddle. And it was really cool because they paid for the whole project themselves, and as soon as Sam and Kenny paddled it, they decided that they wanted to bring it into production, and... The Lamblers were kind enough to gift them this mold. And um, so, yeah, yeah, totally. Really big, big addition to the Waka team over there, the Lamler family. They're, they're just fucking legendary paddling with those guys all summer in California. Just, you know, mind-blowing to see what those guys can pull off and, and do back to back to back to back every single day. So, yeah, time. So real quick before we before we uh, I want to get your opinion on something we talked about here on the rating system. Did you hear our last show talking about an open ended rating system for I rapid classification? Didn't. No, I didn't. All right, I'd so I'm, to I'm gonna throw this one right on you real quick before we before right. we let you get back to it. So what if you think that yeah. what, what would you think of like okay class five? You know you have like your basic class five rapids like a. Spirit Falls Chaos, you know, like a notch mm-hmm. through gorilla, kind of your standard yeah. like classifies. But then you have like something like Site Z, and that's like a five dot three. And then like would oh. you rate like Site Z a five dot three and Untouchables like a five dot two? And do you think it would be fun to have a classification system like that? Well, like an open ended system where someone could yeah. be like such and such may run a five five for the first time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Totally. That would be I mean, that's freaking a sweet idea i just feel like it's so difficult with 
rivers, you know, I guess with like climbing, because they have that other kind of system that is the only one that I know that kind of is similar to ours. There's just so many other factors other than just the difficulty, you know, like Site Z, you have that um, remoteness of it, you know? And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, there could be a rapid just as hard as Site Z. For instance, exit, um, last exit on Tumwater Canyon, um, when it's high, it's equally or even worse, even bigger and gnarlier than Site Z. But it's, you know, you, if you swim, you'd end up in Leavenworth. So. <laughs> <laughs> they're like like, in a, like in a coffee shop yeah. so <laughs> yeah. it'd be a really straightforward body recovery yeah uh, totally. All right. so i don't know i mean i would love to i would totally endorse it and uh, i would love to see that go somewhere just i think it would maybe help the sport a little bit there's just too much there's too much class five you know there's yeah. too too big a window too broad for sure i just, too I just think it would be fun to have i think right. it'd be really fun all right evan fun. what's your what's your high what's your let's say five fives the top of the scale right now what rapid is that Five, five. Like the um, hardest thing someone's been running. Yeah. And you I can mean, you can I, tag a level with it too or, or whatever. Factor whatever you want into it. Totally. I mean five five in my opinion would be Palouse Falls or Sunset Falls or I mean Sven ran this thing in Norway that is just unbelievably insane. I just like I didn't even know how he ran. He showed me his GoPro. That's some five five shit. Just stuff where you're like catching eddies in caves to like peel off a ninety foot slide, you know, and like do all this crazy shit. Uh, um but yeah, I don't really know. Some some of those rapids on the Indus that those boys are probably gonna fire up here pretty soon. Be some five fives. <clears throat> anyway, it's interesting discussion. I think it'd be fun. I'm glad you're behind it. To make this happen. Um, all right, Evan, do you have anything else you'd like to add or provide our listeners? Um, I don't know, man, I've got a fucking book of things to talk about, but uh, I'm not gonna, <laughs> not gonna get too into them. I'll make, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna send you guys some some questions and some of my personal concerns and thoughts about the the whitewater world because I'm glad that somebody's doing this and organizing it in a way and talking to folks like like jeff and and rush and i actually need to go back and w listen to all the shows i've been just binging on these stupid paragliding podcasts so i need to get reacquainted <laughs> with my my kayaking roots yes. i can catch you up to speed about 10 seconds if you want. <laughs> so when you had like the scooter grip uh you know you had your hands narrow what length paddle were you using I was using a 200 centimeter. Yeah. That's that's the size paddle that I started using when I when I paddled Werner that first year. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. There you have it. Straight from Evan Garcia. Yeasted does yeah, not boys. exist, and Weld made that, that is, up. That sucks, man. <laughs> that just sucks. <laughs> oh, it'll be fine. I'll be I'll, like I'm gonna do some kayak trips this winter, and I'm gonna go with some really awesome characters, and I think that we can. We can birth a few new ones out there for you guys. Alright. <laughs> we can launch them here. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> when you're ready to release call. something, you let us know. We'll, uh, we'll have a release party. Something. The return of Tyler Brott is coming. That's oh. what we're doing. And we're going to do submissions. Uncle Ty. Alright, Evan. Well, you have a good day out there. Alright, you too. Cheers, Later, boys. Brad. Thanks for having me. Yep. There you go, Well. I was hoping you used it was a real thing because I had a big vision behind what it was. I just was excited to hear it out on the river next summer. 
like people I didn't know using that term. Thought you were in on the ground floor. Yeah. I was talking about getting yeasted on the river on Saturday. So all right. Let's get into our final segment here. Let's bring in no other than Rush Sturgis. Boom. And while I'm adding him, Mr. Well, can you fill our listeners in on the value that Rush is getting ready, the value bombs Rush is getting ready to drop? Yeah. Yes, I can. Uh, yeah, you caught my ear uh, last week or so about this uh, a, a group of paddlers. They're calling themselves uh, the Long Creek Gangsters. Gangsters. Right? Yeah. Gangstas, sorry. Gangstas. Yeah, this is Rush here. Hey, Rush. Just hold on, Rush. Give me a second here. (laughs) And so you were going on and on, and I was starting to think that they had sent you something. Sweatshirts, (laughs) T-shirts, like uh, like an edible like flower bouquet of like fruit or something (laughs) that got you started talking about these guys. Like you would not stop. And it got me. You were like, we got to go on the show. I'm like, well, I don't know about that because – so much depth to that story, but I started thinking about paddling crews in general. And then I thought, you know, I remember being at like an outdoor retailer and a young, this is like back in the early 2000s, a young rusher just coming up to us and handing us a video from the young guns. I thought, what better person to come on and not only discuss crews, but maybe even eval- help us evaluate paddling crews. Like, what are they? Are they a thing? Are they a joke? And then maybe we'll have a little contest. We'll see if the contest has any likes to it. All right. Yeah. That's it. All right, Russ. Fill us in. Right on. Well, good to be back on uh, the ESPN Sports Center of Kayaking. It's my favorite podcast. Pleasure uh, to have you. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I, I had to put in a little bit of research because I had, I had heard some whispers of this, uh, this gang. Um, <laughs> right. I, I actually I actually met them um, last spring. A couple of them were out here and uh, rolling with um, their leader, who I believe is Billy Jones. Um, and uh, met them at the takeout. You know, they were uh, clearly gang related for sure. Looks <laughs> <laughs> like, like they were like maybe ten years old. <laughs> um, and, and Rush, what's your reaction generally when you pull up to the Little White Takeout and see license plates from South Carolina? How do you, how do you feel about how the days are progressing? Well, I, I, to quote you, uh, it's like effing green out here. Now. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, it's, uh, yeah, it, it really is getting overrun out here, um, and. Uh, pretty pretty annoying but um no just just joking these but you know i I had to put a little research um and uh you know i went on their on their facebook page it says some white boys hailing from long creek long creek south kakalaki with the goal of keeping long creek gangster representing (laughs) river all over the world by doing some gangster ass shit we are the long creek boys don't like it that is your problem. <laughs> that's my voice right there. That's, uh, that's gold. I mean, that's see, I told that you, Will. Not, you don't want to mess with these boys. That's the general vibe. I mean, things have come a long way since that proposal you gave us when you were you were a kid. Right? To be honest. I mean, we were not. We were never disrespectful or did anything that was outlandish, and, and it's, yeah, especially not gang related. And, <laughs> Not that I can remember. Anyway, um. <laughs> is identifying yourself by 
race down there in, in South Carolina? Is that just kind of <laughs> <Yeah. different? laughs> I was wondering about that. They might want to change it's like the way to stamp Long Creek, but maybe a little more PC, a little more politically, you know. All right, um, so this is what we got to get to because I guarantee the Long Creek gangsters are listening. I don't want them coming up in my house, so we got to give them some advice. We got to help them. So what, what's yeah. uh, what's three or four quick tips you can give the gangsters? Well, I mean, first of all, you got to do some gangster ass shit. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, you know, I've, I've, I've been scrolling through their videos. They're throwing down some cool stuff on the green. They seem to be wave wheeling everything, which is, uh, you know, that's cool. That's pretty gangster. Um, you know, they got the Reverend Billy Jones on their side. That's that's a plus. You know, he's going to be steering them in the right direction. But uh, yeah, all I would say is, you know, let's um, let's see what you're let's see what you made it. Let's see let's see some some real uh, you know gang related shit. <laughs> <laughs> So here's some gang-related shit. Okay, you ready? So one of the gangsters, Howard Magley. I mean, I don't even know where this, like, I mean, he's a junior. I've had to, like, sign his waivers and be his parental consent during events and things in the past. But he and his father are racing the green in a duo. Now that's gangsta. That is gangster. All right. Oh, in the same boat. In the same boat. Now, they're both doing it individually, and then they're going to go out for exhibition class and father-son it. So that'll be the first father-son, same craft, gangsta. It says that, it says that they're white boys, though. Dad doesn't really sound like he's a, a boy. He's like a, is he a gangster? I mean, I don't know if that's... I'm not sure his dad even knows the Long Creek gangsters exist, but... about to, because these... We're blowing it up here. Everyone's going to know. I mean, let's talk about crews of the past, though, because th- there have been some classic paddling crews. I mean, I'm thinking right off the bat, T-Dub. Maybe one of the biggest paddling crews of all time. Who's right? that? T-Dub. Who's <laughs> <laughs> that? I mean, who is who are the, who? I mean, Grace, who who got who is the member? Who are like the founding members of T Dub? Ah, oh, the founding members of T Dub. You know, really, it happened. So, oh man, this is tricky. So, really, we were just all a bunch of kind of rejects, I would say. And it's kind of like when Rush was talking about a rat house and whatnot. That was kind of the phase that was going on. And this was like this was like late '90s. And who coined it? was actually a guy named Brad Key. And uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so we were on the Raven Fork and there was we were supposed to meet with another group and we got jangled up and we were late and Brad and somebody else were down there. Anyway, we finally come through and they're sitting on a rock waiting for us, whatever, and we come through and we're all just like, you know, mad bombing down, trying to catch up with them because they're our shuttle. So we're getting down the river and we come around the corner. Everybody boosts into this big pool right up there on the rock. On the rock is Brad. And if you know Brad, he's like six foot three. He's got like big long arms and he stands up on the rock and just as loud as he can when everybody comes bombing down, he's like, Team Weed! And that, <laughs> and that was it. It never left. So. But you guys had some key elements. First of all, you had, you had videos, you had a hand signal. Right, gangsta. like the W thing. Yeah, we had right? some gangsta. Yeah. yeah, it was an exclusive thing, or only certain people allowed in T Dub. No, or is I it see. pretty open ended? I think it's pretty open ended, but you can definitely get kicked off. And if you do get kicked off, there's only two ways back on. I can't say those on the hammer factor because, <laughs> <laughs> like, Dem shit isn't really a crew. 
I mean, it's more like a, like a food co-op or something. I mean, everybody's involved with dem shits. Yeah, it's, it's more like a, life, it's like a lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, but see, yeah. the dem shits that you guys all know and love is not the original dem shits when Evan Garcia and Jared Seiler came to my office with a bunch of 25 frame per second PAL video. And we're like, dude, we got to make this video. And the first clip they show me is like people not being able to find a bathroom and taking a dump in trees. <laughs> that really happened. That was the first footage. That's that was my first impression of Dim Shits. And see, is that Long gangsta or that's not? That's gangster. That's what Long Creek gangsters are doing right now. I'm telling you, they are. Right. I mean, that's the somewhere. real path to fame. Is like is controversy, right? I mean, that's the the tried and true BDP path. It's like you have to do something really obnoxious and get people arguing on the internet about you. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, well, like like what did Balls Deep do exactly? But we never did that. I remember Pleasure Strokes, the are arguably the most controversial kayaking video of all time. Also, yeah. arguably the best. Is it? It's right up there, top top five. <laughs> what yeah. video was that? Pleasure. Yeah, you got like you got like Sang Po Congo Pleasure Strokes. <laughs> maybe an LBM in there. <laughs> so is pleasure yeah. is pleasure strokes? It's probably pulled from the internet, or can you find that on the dark web somewhere? <laughs> it's probably out there in the somewhere in the deep dark gangster underground. We're gonna, find, we're gonna find that for the show notes here at the Hammer Factor because Pleasure Strokes is a fine film. <laughs> well, I want to I want to throw, throw out a crew that, uh, in in my opinion, at the moment is 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 pretty heavily gang related, and that's the um, the I can't always I don't know if I'm getting their name right, but I believe it's Tord. T-O-R-R-Y-D, kind of a tough name to pronounce there, boys, but I, I dig what you're doing. Um, so like Knox Hammock and that those guys? Yep, yep, all those all bad kids, um, yep, but uh, but killing it. Um, I think really if you look at what everybody's kind of doing right now, those guys are really at the at the forefront going going big and going hard. And, and, Do they have uh, a hand Do they have a hand signal or no? I think they do. Yeah, yeah, they definitely have a gang sign for sure. Um, right. I couldn't do it for you, but um, but I have seen them flashing flashing that around. Um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Tord. I like Tord. They haven't given me a T-shirt yet, so I'm going to limit their time hmm. in the air. But yeah. all right, let's let's take it back to Young Guns, Rush. Yeah, let's go back that, to the back of the rack. That, that crew uh, actually had an expiration date on it. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're not still the young gun. <laughs> yeah, the young they, they kind of fizzled away. I guess it's kind of evolved into uh, to, to river roots now, which is a bunch of kind of old, washed up um, has beens. <laughs> We're gonna get to your Facebook post here in a second. Oh yeah, we got a Facebook post we got to cover, and we got to talk about the canoeing trip that you and Boomer went on. Was were you guys just like? Were you that guys actually like, funny. Having wine at night? Was it just you and him? Anyway. Dude, so the, the funny part about this mission is that, you know, National Geographic hit us up and they're like, hey, we want, you know, you guys to come and do this. You know, they thought we were like canoers because uh, a lot of people get kayaking and canoeing confused. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and they're like, well, we both want shoot the rapids. You know, you guys are professionals. We'd love to have you, you know, come up, be like the filmmaker and Boomer is kind of the talent. We sort of make this, you know, video about it. And uh, we're like, totally. Yeah, no, no problem. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, we didn't want to like not get the job by saying that we're not really like really, neither of us had ever been in before, like period. Um, and then we had our two guides who were awesome, but, uh, you know, actually like 
professional canoers. Like it's like a thing. Um, and, uh, and, and we, we totally sucked at it. I mean, we were just like doing all the like, you know, improper stuff, like both paddling on the same side. And uh, <laughs> we, we shot some good rapids. We did, we did some, some good stuff. Boomer legitimately wanted to fire up this like massive stout shoot thing that I wasn't, I wasn't, we hadn't really been new at that point yet. So I wasn't totally confident, but maybe after like the next day I would have been ready. Um, but no, it was hilarious, man. Super. To be honest, I actually like loved it. I'm, I'm, I want to get one for for bringing down the you know middle white salmon or whatever. It's a shout out all the all the canoe guys out there. It's a it's the real deal. Hmm. You certainly aren't a young gun anymore, are well, you? Well, this leads in. Uh, this canoe's lead- not gangsta. I'm just gonna say that right <laughs> off the bat. Not gangsta at all. But all right, let's uh, let's move from that into your post from yesterday. So I did not see this, but Evan- well, hold on, hold on. Oh, oh, oh. Can, can we clarify one thing, Rush? Did you start the term beater? That's 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 um, you know that's, I. I, I feel like I might have, but you know, there's also like there's beater cars, there's beater things. I feel like it. I, you know, I know I can't claim that I am I'm the that it originated from me, but it's hard to say. I don't. Right? You know, I, I'm trying to remember. I've tried and I try to like pinpoint like who I heard it from first. It was kind of like I say it was like you know mid 2000s. Maybe we started throwing that thing around, and I, you're I, not I, denying it. I'm not denying it, but I'm not claiming mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, I'm sorry. You were the first person I heard use it as a verb. Right. Beatering. Beatering. <laughs> it may have. It, 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 is, it is possible. Sometimes things like that just, you know, it's like they just come to me. I just say them without, uh, you know, really knowing. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then one last thing before we move on to the Facebook post. So I'm going to throw an out. I'm going to throw a contest out here. If you are in a paddling crew. This is a worldwide international because we have an international audience. If you are in a paddling crew, you can send uh, your video or social whatever that you have going on that's, that describes your crew to cruise at C-R-E-W-Z at immersionresearch.com. That's cruise, C-R-E-W-Z, <laughs> C-R-E-W-Z at immersionresearch.com. And next week, we will, if we get any submissions, we're going to have Rush back on and he is going to judge the top crew in the world. It'd be the world championships of cruise. Dang, that's big. That's prestigious. All right. If we don't get any, then we're going to go right back to discussing SUP and paddle legs. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to, I would like to quote Rush Jurgis. The older I get, the more I realize that no one ever wakes up in the morning and regretfully declares in quotes, man, I wish I would have gone out and got super wasted last night. And like, and then you're like, you're like, man, I wish I had a hangover. <laughs> so we got hashtag old man syndrome on here. Hashtag new mm. party like I used to. A lot mm. of responses to this post. Wow, two hundred thirty. How did I miss this on my Facebook? Hmm. Probably and, like. Uh, so so give us a uh, give us a little insight onto uh, on, onto that post. We uh, we we got to hear about this. Are you are you just off the sauce forever, Rush? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've, uh, I, I've, it's, I've gone through this, you know, transformation, and I am basically just getting old, and um, you know, switched to a to a vegan diet now. I um, you know, vegan, no I, fish. That's what that means. Yep. Uh, no cheese. Do you eat cheese? No cheese. No animal products. Period. No nothing. Cheese. <clears throat> uh, 
Um, but you know, that's a like, cool side thing, but, um, you know, just staying healthy and, uh, uh, to be honest, um, you know, I, I, I still like to party, still like to hang out. Um, but it's just like, you know, it's one of those, one of those things, just, just getting up there, you know, pretty soon I'll be, uh, be just like you, John. <laughs> so not gangster. <laughs> Rush, you always be new trips, me. Living. Rush, you want to shout out your sub sponsors? <laughs> yeah, NSP, shout out. Got in a grant. Probably like Mohawk canoes. <laughs> All right, Rush. So let's let's lay it out here. Let's put you on the spot. So let's we've we've mentioned both the Torrid and the Long Creek gangsters. Uh, on a on a one to ten scale, give me your rating of each of those two crews. Well, between you mean like a like between Torrid and the Long Creek gangsters? I mean, maybe, maybe give ten, our out there like an idea of what kind of things you're looking for in this contest. Yeah, so Torrid sure. gets a eight out of ten. Long Creek gangsters gets like a ten out of ten, or however you feel. Sure, sure. I mean, you know, uh, I, I haven't what like. What do you not like? What what yeah. rings true for you as a crew? I, I haven't I haven't fully done all my research. I liked some of the edits I saw from the Long Creek gangsters, which. Um, where they like mixed in like houses like burning down and stuff, and then they had an old outcast song with fire and stuff. So that Gangsta. was that was pretty that was pretty gangster. It was like destruction and mayhem, and like, I kind of dug that. <laughs> um, so the Toyard guys, they've got like some really cool kind of innovative edits going on, and 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 they're legitimately going out there and running like you know pretty pretty big dog stuff from the you know uh, Stakine to you know all over. I think you know Brent Orton is lo- loosely associated gang uh, member. Um, so, you know, you got some heavy hitters on that crew, but, um, we're just basically looking for gangster ass shit. There you go. All right. Right from the horse's mouth. Yeah. All right. We got to close this thing up. Rush, you want to stick around for rants and raves? Do you yeah. have a rant? Or but, a wait, 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 real quick before we get into this. So oh, sorry, wait. can we Jeez. talk about the open-ended rating system? Cause I want to get you know, like some serious okay. heavy hitters in on this because I think this is going to be fun. Lewis Pooper right. is on this. It's hard for him to even listen when we talk about this. So. What do you think? What do you think, Rush, about an open-ended rating system? So, you have class five. Class five is such a broad spectrum. You have a rapid like that's class five, like gorilla, and then you have a rapid that's class five, like untouchables. You know, how do you, you know? So let's just say there's an open-ended rating system, and we'll call untouchables five dot three and site Z five dot four. And so mm-hmm. we'll just say Site Z is the hardest rapid that's ever been ran right now. It's 5.4 until somebody does a 5.5. You like that, support that, or doesn't sound like fun and it's cheesy? Yeah, it's boring. I mean, <laughs> no, I, I, to be honest, I struggle with the rating system because, you know, I feel like, yeah, it's definitely flawed as is. And I, I would support something like that. It's just like at the end of the day, it's so hard to compare rapids, you know, when you have something like size A, which is a big volume type deal to untouchables, like they're like in two different worlds almost, you know? And, um, I guess like for me, it's like, I think once you get to a certain point with your paddling, like we never like ask each other, we're never like, we're like, what class is it? You know, it's like if, if, but if Evan like tells me like, it's definitely a class five run or if one of the boys is like, then, then I know that I'm in for like some serious stuff, you know, but we don't really like break down you know, in the same way that I feel like maybe a, an, an intermediate or someone who's coming up and paddling might need to know, like, is it four plus or is it five minus or, you know, it kind of like, it 
certain point it starts to like be less relevant. Does that make sense? But yeah, it's hard. It's just hard. Yeah, that's a tricky yeah, one. That's, that's kind of been my take on it is it gets to a point where you need to use words, not just reduce it to a number. Exactly. But, but that's no fun. That's no headline. It, it is fun to argue about things. So I mean, my twelve year old my twelve year old calls yeah. a little golly West Virginia class two. Because he's like, it's class two, just something goes wrong. And then it's, then it's something else. <laughs> it's, good to, it's good to see you're imparting your attitude on the next generation. Well, Jesus. <laughs> I, I think the thing to consider, like, there's like, I feel like class one through four, you know, it's like, that's pretty distinguishable. And then there's a whole nother world beyond that, where it's like, you know, once you're five and above, it's, it's you know, it's hard to compare. Like, I mean, um, if yeah. You have to ask, you'll never know. Yeah, it What's that? if you have to ask, you have to. you'll never know. Right, you know. right, right. <laughs> okay, yeah. anyway, Rancid Raves, start us off. Lewis. I, have, I, I, I have a rant. Let's hear it. Does Lewis have a I think I used mine up talking about sick line. <laughs> Rush to pinch it for me. <laughs> um, okay, uh, so it's more of like a question. Um, cause I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out where I, where I stand with this. Is it okay to post up at the takeout for a run class five run and ask people if you can hop on with them? No, no. thumbs down. <laughs> but you know, it's like, it gets done so often, you know? And, and it's yeah. like, at the end of the day, like I, I like showing people down a river. I'm all about it. Like, I'm not trying to just go out there and like, you know, just rock, roll with my boys. I, I legitimately like sharing the river, but it's like, this happens all the time, you know, when you're there. And, um, for me, I'm like, I have a hard time saying no, cause I don't want to be like, you know, a dick or something, but it's like, I feel like people need to like understand the etiquette a little bit. Like you, you know, I've never, if I've never paddled with you, it's really hard to, to say yes, but I do all the time. And it always, not always, but often leads to, you it's, know, it's a lot like coming up to like a stranger and saying, Hey, help me move out of my house. You know, it's just an enormous amount of responsibility. You're asking a complete stranger. I just, you know? I, I have a firm policy and then it stops being personal. It's like, if somebody asks me, I'm just like, sorry, man. Like, I don't, I don't. Yeah. I mean, imagine going to pipeline and be like, Hey, can I paddle out with you? <laughs> you know, yeah, I think we're all I mean, in they, agreement on that one. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's just like, it's like, yeah, people, I guess, just really, but that etiquette is not like, and I, I mean, Lewis, we've had this conversation before, but, you know, it, it, it happens on the trust on a little white, like, you know, fairly frequently. And, and um, yeah, it's it's like, I, it, it is hard to say no to people. You know, I definitely struggle with that, but I guess I just need to start being. You know, who's exceptionally good at it is uh, Jay Gifford. He just has the smoothest delivery. Like, he's just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I mean, I think it's our like, job no. to tell. It's hard to have to tell our listeners to be conscientious of that. I mean, if you're going to show up at a class five rapid, you need to do a little work ahead of time to line things up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like, it's like hard to, cause it's like, it's not like I haven't been on the other end, like side of it where I've been in some other country or other place and like, haven't known people. Like I've, I've kind of like been that dude before. We probably all have this certain extent, but, um, you know, I don't know. I guess it's just good for the listeners. Something to, something to think about, like have a plan, you know, cause that's, uh, important when you're when you're on the road going to new rivers and stuff 
Rush, real quick before we over. real quick before we get right. on to our other rants and raves, Rush, uh, can you talk about this trip you're getting ready to go on yet, or is this something you're not ready to spread the news about? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I actually, I'm excited. I'm um, starting starting a new movie um, called Legacy, and it's going to be based um, on Scott Lindgren, and uh, also kind of with a focus on Aniol Sersol. So. You know, we got a big crew, and and we're heading to the Indus here in a couple of weeks. Um, so we're going to be doing doing a twelve day descent down that, and uh, I think it's going to be really cool because um, you know Lingren has obviously done a ton of work in the Himalaya and and uh, invested a ton of time over there, and this will kind of be you know his opportunity to to finish. Uh, and there's kind of like four major rivers that flow off Mount Kailash, and so this will be the He'll be the only person to have kind of completed um, or done most of the sections on all four. So the movie's kind of like about that. His his kind of like revival into the sport here and, and, and kind of going on this journey. So that's more or less the the storyline. And I'll I'll be digging into some of the California history of kayaking um, as well, along with that. Super interesting. Is there a place to just cool. follow you on your Facebook page for that kind of updates, or how do uh, how do our listeners follow along in this film's journey? Yeah, yeah I mean, we'll be doing uh, we'll be doing I'll be doing social media stuff, but um, you know, still kind of trying to dial in the whole the whole story and what we're going to do. But yeah, I think it's going to end up being um, you know kind of over the course of this next year, uh, <coughs> California. Uh, some BC stuff, um, and uh, yeah, cool. Just cool to see Lingren back on the horse, like charging um, super hard. You know, he uh, has kind of been going through this like brain tumor thing, which I don't know if everybody is aware of that, but um, that's kind of part of our storyline as well. But um, but yeah, it's just uh, been been kind of an interesting interesting process. But I think it's gonna be a fun project project for sure. Super interesting. Very cool. So. Uh, I don't want to get into your trip too much, but that's pretty amazing. You've made it into Pakistan because it's that's just recently opened back up, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, not all of us got in. They they rejected Tyler Brat and oh. probably probably because his passport just looked haggard and sketchy. I reject Tyler Brat. As yeah, well. I would too. I mean, are you kidding me? Not the first time. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, unfortunately, he's not, he's not going to make it. But um, but yeah, we got a solid crew. We got you know Benny, myself. On the old Mike Dawson, um, yeah, big big crew going going over. So and then and then shortly after that, there's another crew. Some of those those Torrid boys are rallying a mission as well, just a few days after us. So um, so two two crews going to to the Indus this year. It sounds like very exciting. See if you can find us a five dot five out there. Right. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, we need someone to run a five dot five. Yeah. Five dot five. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Weld, do you have a I, – I have a rave. I'm going to jump right in here with a rave. I'm I have gonna, a rave too, but go ahead. I'm going to let you Not shut you. us down. You're the Rush Limbaugh of this show. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to rave about Hurricanes Irma and Hurricanes Nate that have recently came through the southeast. I know they wrecked some havoc on a lot of people, and uh, there's definitely some horrible things, but it has been – 80 degrees and everything has been running for a long time here so i'm just gonna rave about tropical storms in the southeast hmm. that's what i got boy that's a that's a t that's a tough one right there it's very still, trumpian still. 
Look, you're calling the Rush Limbaugh. I'm a hammer factor. You're killing me. All right, shut us down here, Mr. Weld. All right, I got a rave. My rave is club boaters, the much maligned club boater. And I'll tell you why. Because I was, I've was i been in the lower gully with my kids like the past four out of five weekends watching club boaters by the scores go down that river. And you forget that. I mean, it's so easy to be on club boaters and get a laugh at their expense, whatever. But first of all, they're the engine. They're the economic engine of this industry, for one thing. That's a... B, the stoke level is so high, you know, and it makes you realize that whitewater is relative. I mean, these people are running class four and just as scared as if we were running something much, much, much harder. And uh, they're, they're, they're achieving these, you know, really big personal goals and they just get beat up all the time. And I want to give a, a shout out to the club boater. There you go. Dig it. All right, Lewis, come on, give us a rant here. Lay it out. Don't hold anything back. You're like, I hate Mexicans. <laughs> oh god, dude! I, I have food poisoning right now. I'm just, I'm, I'm like looking at the clock, and I'm so stoked that we made it through this marathon <laughs> session of podcasting. I got nothing. <laughs> we can keep, we can keep going, man. I, I you got to talk about sick line, right? What do you think about sick line, Rush? You've been there. Best race in the world. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um, pretty, pretty fun. It's a pretty good time. But, uh, you know, it's no green race. That's for sure. Hmm. Well, <laughs> I, uh, well, let's just shut down right on that one right there. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Rush. And uh, yeah. We'll be in touch next week if we get any entries. You're CC. You're in the email group, so you'll get them as well. Yeah. So There'll be hundreds of entries, I'm sure. But, yeah. Uh, so, I'll try to I'll try to narrow it down to like the top five. How's that? <laughs> top yeah, top fifty then top five. Okay. Until, until next time, Hammer Factor Nation, keep it gangsta. <laughs>